it's a thing where it's like none none of these feelings are better or worse than any of the other ones. They they just are, and they're just right. they're realities that we all have to deal with. So you know, the better you can the better you can be equipped to deal with them and recognize them when they happen. Um, you know, the the better we'll be. My business hashtag more than graphics is a lifestyle mantra turned podcast. Hi, I'm Danielle, a graphic designer, owner of Octane Design Studios, wife and mom of three. The MTG podcast is a virtual space for hard truth telling and life chronicles surrounding women and men in the tech and creative industries. Tune in as myself, Cicely and Brittany put it all on the table, sharing authentic life truths as we sustain and empower each other in search of our tribe. We're more than a designer. We're more than our name badge. We're more than the work we produce. Welcome to the MTG podcast, because life is more than graphics. Ah, we made it. It's October. Welcome to the MTG podcast. I am Danielle. And I'm Brittany. And I'm Cicely. So ladies, it's October. And I feel like it was like the most perfect time right now to talk about all things fall. One of my favorite things about fall, obviously, is the Halloween season. There is no excuse for me not to run around in a costume somewhere in the 30 days of October. Well, as a fellow cosplayer, I'm in costume most of the year uh, anyway, but it's just an excuse to wear a costume and people don't look at you strangely when you happen to be wearing one, so I enjoy that. Um, Favorite Halloween or seasonal movie, I'm going to have to go with Nightmare Before Christmas, which is also one of my favorite Christmas movies, so I get to watch it twice. Awesome choice. <laughs> um, I am more of like, when it comes to Halloween, I love horror movies. So I'm more like into Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm more into like the old classics. Um, I do like some thrillers too. Like I consider Saw series a thriller. It's not really horror, but you know. But I love um, fall because everything is magic in fall. Like everything is resetting, it's renewing. The leaves turn these beautiful, magical, golden colors. And it's just the best time in the world for me. I'm going to have to agree that that is by far the, the the combination of you two. I feel like it's me. Shout out to anyone who is loving the craft and has it on repeat um, for the next like 30 days. I know Hocus Pocus is on repeat for the next 30 days. Um, Night Before Christmas is definitely a highlight in our family. My husband loves to watch every single last Jason um, and Freddy movie he could possibly can. Um, Fright Night is a classic, not the new Fright Night. I'm talking about the original, okay? Um, so do your do your homework if you don't know what I'm talking about, you young millennials. Halloween just brings out the best, I feel like, in all of us creatives, period. It's a whimsical way for us to be something um, more imaginative, more creative, and more fun. Whatever you guys think about Halloween or the season of fall, hit us up anytime on Instagram, on Facebook. This month um, is so appropriately themed doubt. And I feel like that's so iconically important right now in the season. When we're talking about Halloween and things that scare us or spook us in some way or fashion. Um, doubt is, is right around in this season where things are changing. Um, the season of falls moving away from um, the things maybe that uh, energized us and kept us going all summer long. And now we're kind of transitioning maybe into some things from unknown territory. Um, so doubt, I think, is the perfect theme for that. And we have one of the most amazing guests for doubt, um, which is my good friend, an amazing graphic artist and graphic designer, Justin Stewart. If you're a Kentuckian and into comics, Justin Stewart is an MVP in the comic industry. 
As the creative and comic artist, he's founder of Six Bomb Boards that hosts live art events throughout Kentucky. Justin is not only the art director for the Lexington Comic and Toy Convention, but has done work for Marvel and Image. His latest published work includes art in the latest Netflix Stranger Things fan art book that's available October 15th. Justin is a mentor, a parent, an entrepreneur, and creative community advocate. Welcome to the show. <laughs> well, thanks. Thank you. Thank you for that lovely intro. And uh, um, I've, I've done my best to uh, try to frame doubt as, as best I can. I feel like you have been such a community leader when it comes to being upfront and honest one, uh, just being transparent, transparent in your journey, transparent in the way you want to live and create your own art. And then also transparent in the way you want to like uplift and build up others too through art. Um, so yeah. I have a question to kick us off. I want to know um, for you, is there a go-to person or group of people that you talk to whenever you're experiencing doubt? And if so, how does this person or how does this team have your back? Oh, absolutely. Um, my two my two go-to homies are uh, my friend, Christina Bowling, and uh, my other artist friend, Justin Castaneda. Um, we all three are on a, a group text thread whenever, like whenever we want to show off what we're working on, or like if we're, if we're working on something that, that we don't know if it's, if the composition is going to look right or anything like that. So like there are two people that I immediately, uh, bounce ideas off of, um, and they're also the same two people that I go to when I'm just not feeling it. Like I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, there are times when I get low and I just can't, I can't seem to, to push through it. And, uh, and those are the first two people that I hit up to just sort of, you know, help me, help me figure it out. Right. As uh, to see if I'm, if I'm going to make it through, like if I'm, if I'm, if I'm working on something and, and it hits me that I'm not enjoying it or not having a good time, I'll hit them up and I'll, I'll try to be like, help me, help me like this thing, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so they've always been there for me to, to help me sort of reframe things or reshape things, you know, cause as artists, as creatives, you know, we tend to spend a lot of time in our own head and that can be dangerous at times um, because we don't know, you know, we, we get lost. Right. And so it's, I have those two people immediately that I can always go to if I'm feeling, if I'm feeling anything, you know, uh, across any of the spectrum, good, bad, middle ground, meh, whatever. So absolutely. And I think that's key. Like you have, you have to have people that you can do that with. I think that's really awesome. And I respect the fact that um, you all have the group thread. I think that's like the hype yeah. session. Like everyone needs the group text message or the group email. We do a group email. <laughs> so everyone yeah, needs yeah. Like that group email, like just to get you kind of going. And I love the fact that there's three of you. So there's always like, I think that's just a really good balance, a really good way to kind of get you back on track, keep you balanced, keep you, you know, either where, where you need to be or to just be like, hey, maybe I can start over and that's okay. And to have that support as well when you need to. Oh yeah, 100%, 100%. Justin, just to um, kind of give you the, the feedback, I think that your point about us being creatives and getting stuck in our heads sometimes is amazing, amazing um, feedback. I sometimes yeah. criticize myself and sometimes doubt myself because I do get stuck in my head, but then I think about it and that's natural for us as creatives. It actually, it feeds the creative process a bit. Um, so it's not necessarily a bad thing, but 
um, because we do have that tendency to sort of ruminate or brood about things and we can kind of get stuck and have trouble pushing through. What advice do you have for a creative who has big dreams, but is currently struggling with self-doubt or imposter syndrome? Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing I can suggest is just to keep doing the work um, and and reach out to friends that you've made, reach out to other creatives uh, that you know and talk about it because this isn't, you know, it's not unique uh, to you, you know, or to, to me or to anybody to have these sort of doubts and, and feelings of um, inadequacy or, or imposter syndrome. Like it, it happens to every single one of us and it doesn't matter how well you're paid or, or not paid. Um, anytime you sort of have to make a thing, um, you know, it, it puts this pressure on you and, it's not like, you know, like you know, like going back to being stuck in your own head, you know, it's not like um, something where you can just sort of go and, and p- clock in and clock out. Like we're responsible for having to come up with these things on our own and, and then and then carry those through from beginning to end of whatever project it is. And so my advice would just be to you have to have people that will look at your stuff with a critical eye, but will also tell you that you're on the right track or that you're or that, you, you know, uh, that have suggestions, creative criticisms, um, or people that are just there that you can that you can just sort of vent to and be like, you know, I'm I don't know if this is right. I don't know if if I'm if I'm doing this correctly. Um, having other people that you're close to that you can that you can do that with is is key. So that is that is my number one piece of advice is that, you know, have people, find people, reach out, and it's it's something to where like if you're a painter, you don't have to have uh, painting friends to to bounce stuff off of or to talk to like anybody in any sort of creative field um, painter illustrator designer musician actor whatever like we're all sort of in the same stew together and and so we all have the same you know our, our Venn diagrams cross over and we all have those same feelings and those same thoughts and and, and behaviors and stuff so that yeah that would be it just just find people that you can connect with and really uh, get good genuine uh, criticism and support from. That is, that so resonates with me too. And I know one of the the driving factors behind us doing this podcast is just to let people know that, hey, we we all go through the same sort of struggles, good and bad as creatives. Like, we've all been there. You're not the only one that's pushing through this tough time. And um, I love what you said about, you know, when times get low, um, have those people you can reach out to. And it doesn't have to be people who do the exact same thing as you. It can be, you know, a community on Facebook, or it can be an email chain. Um, mm-hmm. but your, your community is really what, what helps you get through those tough times. Yeah, I mean nobody nobody succeeds alone, right? It's just like that just that just doesn't happen. So you have to have connections, you have to have uh, a support network. That's just I mean to me that that's 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 base level stuff. Like you got to start there. Okay, there are so much good things. All right. One of the bigger imageries that you just really smacked me in the face with was um the Venn diagram. Oh man, that mm-hmm. like hit all the fields when you said that. I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, it was yeah. just the perfect aha moment. Um, that's really how I think we as creatives need to look overall at doubt when we start thinking about imposter syndrome. We think about um, ways that we can actually stand out in an industry that's so saturated. Yeah, and the so, and the the thing is, it's like you know, you have to have people that like you. And you also have to come to the realization that you're you can't be in competition with people because then that creates uh, that just sets a whole like negativity um, cloud over all of it. Right. It's like, 
you can't you can't consider yourself to be competing with other people or or angry when someone gets a job or 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 you know depressed or whatever it's like no you have to everybody does does it differently and that's why creatives you know we we have this problem is that um you know you want to say well it doesn't look as good as that thing well no it's not going to look as good as that thing it's not going to look right. exactly like that thing because you're doing your thing exactly spot on um how do you define doubt i guess that's my biggest question for you okay uh, when you when you posed this to me uh, many months ago about about this topic, I sort of I wanted I wanted to better wrap my head around it and kind of understand it. So I came up with these two concepts of doubt. And because I love alliteration, there's a lot of D words in here. And so I have I came up with the concept of the DeLorean of doubt, which is doubt that can come out of nowhere. Uh, from any time, past, present, or future, um, it can immediately show up, and you are you are you are right away stricken with this uh, this this dark feeling, right? And then the other one is the Dodge Dart of doubt, um, and this, that's not to bemoan anybody that owns a Dodge Dart. You know, I'm not I'm I'm not a car guy, so I'm just again I'm just uh, using alliteration. But I think of um, a car that is probably not the best car on the road. But it's a car that's always kind of around. It's just always there. You can always see it. Um, sometimes it may be rolling right up next to you. Sometimes it may be down the street away. Or, you know, you if you can't see it, you can for sure hear it like it's coming. And so I think that we have we have a better way to deal with that kind of doubt because we can always recognize that it's there. Because us as creatives, like, please believe that we, we double, triple, quadruple question everything that we do. So I think that there's there's always this presence of the dodge dart of doubt is just kind of rolling around with you. Um, and it's, you know, it's not going to go anywhere. It's, it's still going to be there. It's dense and all, you know, you may have stopped it for a little while and you may have, you know, kicked it to the curb and it's, it's parked and watched you walk, a, you know, a couple blocks away and then follows you again. And then the DeLorean will come in from out of nowhere, you know, and, and, and Doc will jump out and he'd be like, you know, it's, it's, it's your work, Justin, something's got to be done about your work, you know? And, uh, and you have this immediate feeling of, oh my gosh, I've made all the wrong choices. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not where I'm supposed to be, blah, blah, blah. And it can, it can quickly take you over if you're not prepared for it. So that was, those were the two types of things that I came up with <laughs> when thinking about the topic. <laughs> I love this. This was genius. Justin, sheer brilliance. And now I have to always refer to you as like on the side, Doc. <laughs> right, right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, because it's, it's the thing. It's like, you know, the DeLorean shows up and it's and you have to deal with it immediately. Like it is something, you know, that again, it comes out of nowhere and you and you have to take care of it right then and there. Um, and and how we do that is it, it, it's different for everybody. Um, you know, and that's where, you know, if it, if it, if it shows up, you know, and there's fire tracks across your table, you know, that's when I pick up the phone and I text Tressa and Justin and, you know, like if I'm, if I'm panicking, you know, I will immediately hit them up. And, uh, if they're around, because again, the DeLorean of doubt will not rest. It, it, it must be dealt with immediately. <laughs> so I feel like we need to make a YouTube video of that because I would love to see an animated version of uh, this DeLorean of doubt. Um, so please hit yeah. me up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Please, let's make that happen. I would love it. Um, Absolutely. So, <laughs> so um, one of the things that's been coming up for me as I listen to you speak, Justin, is that the creative industry, just being a creative is 
in and of itself vulnerable, right? Because you are pushing through all of this doubt and insecurity, and then you're sharing your work with other people, and that is vulnerable. And then if you're having a moment of doubt and fear, that too feels vulnerable. So it's really important for us to just be open and real and honest with each other that we all do um, sort of go through these same struggles. One of the things that I wanted to ask you is that when you are personally experiencing doubt or insecurity in any area of your life, it doesn't have to be related to work, but how do you keep that from permeating into your business and your work? Well, I just sort of, um, I do my best to stay mindful of where I began, right? And so like, I, I, if I'm unsatisfied with something that's going on right now, or if, if, if something's not working or the stuff is permeating in, I tr always try to stay mindful of how I started and where I started and all the stuff that I've done up until now. And it's a thing where, you know, if, if you had asked me a decade ago what I thought I'd be doing, it, it wouldn't be this, you know, it wouldn't, it, it would have been, I would have made something else uh, up, you know, and so I, I try to think about all the work that I've made that's gotten me to this point. And then I sort of think, well, if it's, if it's taken me this amount of time to get here, then it'll take me, you know, I try to formula it out, right. And then I'm like, well, okay, it's not, uh, it's not all bad. Like I can, I can take six months or whatever to work on this thing or work on another thing. And it's not like, I don't have to immediately nail it right away. And it's just, it's something that I think a lot of people want to put the work out and hit big right away and not think about like, you know, you don't see everybody's mistakes. Like you're only seeing the greatest hits when people share stuff, you know, online. And so I think it's important for creatives to share where we get weak and where we, uh, where we get low and feel bad stuff because that's part of the journey. And I think understanding that and being okay with that is is another part of it where you sort of you reconcile the fact that yes these feelings are going to come in these these thoughts are going to come in and i just i have to sit with them and i have to deal with them in a constructive way and then i can move on um it's when it's when you try to push against that stuff i think is where you get in trouble where where you where you feel like well i'm not supposed to feel this way so or 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 i'm supposed to feel better about this work so i'm going to you know you 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 sort of spin that into something else that's not as constructive or that's you know that's uh that goes against what you're trying to do and i think that's where a lot of artists can get caught up is not dealing with it in a in a constructive way and and again that you got to have people that you can tell that hey i'm having these feelings i'm having these thoughts what can i do help me out I think that's so brilliant what you just said. I, I think we as creatives hold ourselves to such high standards. I know so many mm. type A perfectionist creatives and you, you're right. You only see the greatest hits when you're looking at someone's Instagram, when you're comparing yourself to someone online, you're not seeing all of the process and all of the work that it took right. them to get there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the more that we can get people to accept that, Yes, you know, we, we are all sort of in this together, you know, depending, it doesn't matter what you do. Um, so when it's, you're not unique, you know, again, going back to that, it's like, yeah, the, the more people can recognize that this is, this is how we feel. This is, this is just part of the process and these doubts and fears and, and stuff. It's all part of the process too. So as soon as you can come to terms with that and accept that, I think you'll be able to guide your career a lot better. Um, than if you were just jumping from thing to thing without that. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try really hard to make that maybe something that we could do on the podcast challenge is kind of like a, a fail moment or 
um, you know, getting there or a building block moment where we can just use that as a way to, again, show transparency that we don't have it all figured out. We don't have everything is not picture perfect, but we're all working and still trying to, you know, level ourselves up, find the next version, you know, of ourselves in some areas. Um, And that's part of that process is failing. The only way we get better at anything is when we fail. We pass on, obviously, Justin, we pass that on to our kids. We pass that on to um, people that we mentor. Um, But that's a huge Mm -hmm. part of what I got out of that. I just want to say thank you for sharing that because more people need to hear that. I mean, going back to um, it was it was it'll be a year ago in December that I shared to Instagram um, a little comic strip that I did. It was just me at my drawing table you know, trying to work something out. And then there was this sort of this, uh, this sort of dark entity that was kind of creeping itself around my table telling me, um, you know, you're not, you're not good enough. You're not going to make it. Or, you know, you've, you look at how far you've come, you've had books published and yet you still, you know, you drive a 2006 Pontiac vibe, you know, it's like, you're not, you're, you're not really there. You think you're there, but you're not. And like that post garnered way more attention than, than, a lot of other stuff that I had posted. And the drawings weren't my best drawings ever. They were kind of crude, but they they evoked um, the feeling that I was going for. And it was sort of the first time that I was able to sort of open up and share about feeling that way publicly. And, and I think ever since then, I've had a lot better responses to when I do sort of essentially come out and tell people that, yeah, man, it's sometimes it sucks. It sucks real bad, you know, and, and they'll go, Oh, okay. And it was, it was in doing that and taking that step to share it on Instagram that sort of made me realize that, yeah, we should all have this conversation more often. I remember when you posted that in December. Oh yeah. I clearly remember some of the posts thereafter that spoke a little bit more about the steps that you took to kind of get out of that funky place. Are you able Mm -hmm. to kind of talk more about some of that and that journey? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was, um, well, it was going to uh, getting like professional therapy help was sort of the big determining factor. And it's, and it's just sort of, and I've, I've told all of my creative friends since then, it's like, it, it matters to be able to talk to a professional about what you're feeling and someone who is impartial, right? So you're not talking to a loved one. You're talking to someone impartial. A lot of it is just being able to verbally lay out all of these thoughts and, and, and getting someone who, who recognizes, you know, any of the signs that you're putting out, um, you know, having a professional that, that can recognize what it is you may be going through um, and how best to deal with that, I think, is another massive thing that you can do as a creative. Because, again, you know, we get lost in our heads and being able to sort of crack our heads open and pour all this stuff out and have someone who can help us you know, rearrange the pieces in the right order or, um, you know, cause I always explained it to, to people beforehand that, that in my head was just like a giant wall of televisions and they were all on different channels, but they were all at the same volume. So I just couldn't, I couldn't focus on any one thing. And, and all these televisions were showing me all these different things. Um, you know, whether, whatever projects I was working on feelings, uh, relationships with people, you know, this, that, and the third, and then going able to going there and, and being able to talk to someone who could sort of help me turn down the volume on the on the TVs that were that I didn't need to pay attention to. Um, and like that really, that was a huge thing. That was a huge thing. And it sort of made me reflect on the past. And I was clearly able to mark places where um, I should have gone. 
to therapy before, you know, and it's just like, oh man, you know, I was going through this thing at this time and I should have reached out, but I didn't for, for whatever reason. So I think talking to a professional is, is a very important thing. I could keep going down this path with you as long as you want to talk about this. I'm a huge advocate for therapy and oh, yeah. opening up and just like sharing. Cause we all do even no matter how successful we are, we all have those thoughts and self doubts. And even someone that looks successful on Instagram, I guarantee you at some point in time, they're going to go through the same struggle that you're going through. One thing that came up for me is just, you know, making sure that you're being transparent and that you are, you know, being vulnerable and, and kind of telling it how it is, like not just showcasing the good that's going on, on in your life, but also showcasing, you know, the down, the down times. And that's one of the yeah. ways that we connect with these communities and, and the community of people that, that help support us um, in the downtime. On a lighter and more positive note, my next question for you <laughs> is, as a creative, have you ever felt that the doubts or insecurities have actually helped spark some creativity? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's been um, definite times of me being uncertain of how to pull something off, right? Like someone will ask for a commission or I'll get, um, I'll get a job doing something for someone. And once, once I sort of sketch it out and thumbnail it out, um, I'll have these different thoughts that, that come out as I'm working on it. And there are times where I, yeah, like I doubt myself in, in my ability to pull something off. So it's only in like experimentation and really sort of really drilling down to what it is I can do and, and what my ability is. And then after that, then I'm like, okay, well then how can I solve that problem with the abilities that I have? And I've taken jobs before where I was not certain that I was going to be able to pull it off. And, you know, I took it sort of duress. But on the flip side, I took it, I've taken jobs where I've not known how to best execute it. But the client or the person that wants the commission trusts me enough in my abilities and in my talents to, to figure it out. So I think, yeah, like there's, there's been absolute moments where I, I just kind of stare at a blank sheet of paper and I'm like, I don't, I have no idea. And then, then that begins the process of like, okay, well, how can I do it with the tools that I have? And then, and then on the other side of that, you might find something amazing. You might find a new technique or it may, it may reinforce the fact that you're like, yeah, I have no idea how to draw cars. You know, it's like. <laughs> One of the things that stuck out was as creatives, we feel emotions, but on the other side of these doubts and these insecurities, you might discover something new. You might learn something about yourself. Um, I know in my experience as a creative, I, totally relate to what you said. Some of the most creative projects and the projects that I've been the most proud of, whether that's writing or drawing or illustrating or whatever, have been projects that I did when I was filled with doubt and insecurity and uncertainty. Um, and I yeah. came through, you know, if you push through on the other side of that, you could really do something brilliant. Yeah, because, you know, like as creatives, we want, like we we are we are so comfortable in our hammocks of creativity that like we know like I know exactly what I can do and how to do it and and I can do it with my eyes closed and after a while that kind of gets boring right you're just like you know I think you know, as creative people you know we should always want to challenge ourselves to figure to, you know to to it's a it's a never ending process of learning um, so. So to take jobs or to do things that are outside of your comfort zone and, and, and sort of not necessarily what you would do if you, if you had your choice, 
you know, those things lead to to breakthroughs and lead to, you know, new new tools in the in the in the tool belt. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it can be cathartic for us as creatives in some way too to just push on through, keep working through that doubt. And then honestly I've found, I don't know if you found this, Justin, but I find that the doubt diminishes if I do push through it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely like if you if you break through that thing that you were that you were not confident in and you came out the other side and you're like, I did do it. And then so you look at the Dodge Dart down the street, you know, and you give it the finger and you're like, aha, I figured it out. Those sort of breakthroughs become um, they, they become something that you look forward to. So then you're kind of like, OK, well, what else can I do that I have not done? Man, that was so spot on. I love that. Give the dart the finger, everybody. Just give the dart the finger. <laughs> it's not going to go away, but <laughs> right. it'll, it'll stay still for a minute. What did you want to be when you grow, when you were a kid? Let's ask that question. Not when you were younger, but when you were a kid. Yeah. What did you want to be? And um, then how does that kind of relate to what you do now? Okay. Um, as a kid, I wanted to be a scientist. That's what I told people. And then the question was, well, what kind of scientist? And I said, that doesn't matter. <laughs> so, so even from an early age, I was like, no, I just want to be a scientist that studies everything. Right. And then as I, you know, as a kid, I was, you know, super into cartoons and horror movies and stuff like that. So into my adolescence, I was like, I want to be uh, like a VFX artist. Like I want to make, I want to do makeup and, and special effects and stuff like that. And then that sort of transitioned to being a comic book artist, you know, in my late teens of like, that was the track that I wanted to do. Um, but then like, as I would discover things, you know, as I would discover different artists and, and like illustrating album covers and people had to design things and lay things out and come up with ideas, like then that sort of captured my attention and curiosity of like, well, yeah, Star Wars is awesome, but someone had to make that first. Like someone had to come up with that. So then I got obsessed with, with doing that kind of thing. So I guess it's just my general generic scientist idea, you know, is, is sort of, I think there's a through line there where, you know, I'm con- you know, you're doing experiments and seeing the results and, and stuff like that. And, and, you know, weighing them against uh, past successes and failures and whatnot. So it's the scientific method, I guess, uh, to creativity, if that makes sense. It does. It's like that trial and error. It's, you know, it's trying to find your constant. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can, you can absolutely pinpoint where, like, I discovered brush pens, you know. <laughs> you know, it's like, here's another tool that I had not used previous um, that I just experimented with, as you would do. And then the results I got were amazing and they were, you know, exactly what I wanted. And sometimes I had no idea that a mark that I would make is the one that I wanted until I made it. I, I couldn't have made that mark without that tool, not in the same way. So it's, it's very much like that. It's very much experimenting with what you are comfortable with using, what you like using, what gives you the best results. And then anytime you can find some new stuff, new tips and tricks, you absolutely implement those uh, into your process. I, so Justin, I don't know if, if you're from Kentucky. I'm from a small town in Kentucky. And when I was growing up as a kid, my dream was to be a Disney animator. Like that was, that was living the high life for me. That's all I wanted to do. And I used to sit around and draw, you know, Lion King. I was from the Disney Renaissance era. So Lion mm. King, you know, Little Mermaid, all of that. As I got older, I didn't know anyone in the state of Kentucky that was working for Disney, Marvel, anyone in Hollywood, none of that. Everybody that I knew who wanted to do that either had to leave or they came from a family that had a lot of money and mine didn't. And so it was hard to 
go after this dream that I had never seen happen. And I'm curious what advice you would give to a young person who has a big dream like that, but they've never seen or known anyone that's been able to do it. And, you know, that stirs up a lot of self-doubt. So how would you tell them to overcome that? Oh, and it just, it all goes back to the community. Um, you know, I'm sure, especially in this day and age, you know, you have animators and sorry, and concept designers and stuff that are posting on Instagram and Twitter and, and Facebook. And so like you can go interact with them directly. Like that's kind of what blew my mind as a kid, um, you know, being in comic books and then discovering that there were comic book conventions. You know, I could go see the artist who drew the thing that I like, you know, and so now I think it much, much more the, the community focus of like, get to know those people who are posting those things, get to know, uh, follow those people, um, f- find out what they like, you know, follow who they follow and, and just start dialogues with them and just, and be, be honest and, and be open and, you know, don't immediately start asking for jobs right away, you know, kind of it, it's, it's a long game. Right. And like, that's something that I don't think a lot of young people are told is that, you know, unless you are just the second coming of whoever, like it's going to take you a while to get to the place where you want to go. And sometimes during your journey, you might decide that, oh no, I was aiming for this thing, but this thing over here is way cool and I'm super into it. And you would have never found it if you had not been on that initial journey and not taken those initial steps towards the Disney animating, towards the you know concept design for whatever. So it's it's a long game and you should pay attention to what the people that you're, you know, who you're fans of, pay attention to what they're into and and just ask them small questions and and, but not be, you know, don't be a pest about it. Right. Be genuinely curious and 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 take in whatever knowledge that they give you. And in this day and age, like you can observe what they do, you can see how they move through the different communities that they move in and just try to adopt that. And then in that, you might find exactly where it is you want to go, or you might find a new avenue might open up and you don't know. Thank you so much for that. That's a couple yeah. of things that I, that I took from that is, you know, A, you know, kids these days, not to give away my mm-hmm. age or anything, but when I was mm-hmm. going through that experience, we didn't have social media. It wasn't a thing. Like the internet was still pretty new. And so um, I think, you know, millennials and even Gen Z, they, they have technologies that they know how to use. They're really good at using and they can use to their advantage. So Regardless of how old you are, if you're thinking about switching careers, um, use what's out there and what's readily available and connect with people. And it's okay to pivot. If you find that that's not the path that you want, you might discover something else that you like to do just as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, every, you know, you look at the credits of every movie that comes out, you know, all of those, all of those names that are listed in, in the, in the art department. Most of those cats have Instagram accounts or Twitter accounts or whatever. So it's, it's easy to reach those people now. You know, and I, I tell a lot of younger people, too, it, it's, it's not a concrete set in stone path that you have to follow now. Um, you know, back in the day, it, it kind of was because nobody really had the info. Um, and now the information is out there and you can you can find your way to that place a lot easier than you could before. Every time, Justin. Gosh, every time. <laughs> I'm just here for the people, Danielle. 
man, there's so many gems that you have shared literally in the, in just the, the time that we have spent together uh, in a yeah. community like basis and having just real conversation about being transparent in our work, being transparent with ourselves and then how to foster, you know, creativity. So that's really my next, my next and my final question for you is in what ways have you helped foster community? I, I, I organize um, a group called Six Bomb Boards. And what that is, is that it's um, a, a collective of, of rotating artists that we go to different places, mainly uh, the movie tavern uh, in, in Kentucky here in, in Lexington, um, or I guess Nicholsville. We also go to bars, um, art openings, that, that type of stuff. But what it is, is um, I have six boards and these plywood boards and each of the boards is two feet wide by six and a half feet tall. I bring these boards in and I bring in blank paper. I bring in um, paint markers, uh, colored pencils, pencils, all kinds of art supplies. And I get artists together and we all just sort of draw and paint together on these easels. And when one artist is done, another artist will get up and paint a piece. And it's a way that I wanted to organize um, sort of meetups around because uh, we go to movie tavern, so we we organize them around big genre movies that are opening. So with the hotness that is comic book movies now, we've had you know no shortage of times where we'll go to uh, on Saturdays that that a big movie opens like Avengers or Spider Man or whatever for four or five hours. We'll post up in the bar area of movie tavern, and you know however many artists are there, we'll all just get up and and draw and paint stuff. Um, that's sometimes, you know, oftentimes related to the movie that we're there for, sometimes not, it's whatever. And I encourage kids to get up. I bring, you know, crayons and, and blank paper for them just as a way to get all of us like out of our cave, right? Because we're, we create, uh, you know, solitarily uh, a lot of times. And I think it's real important to make stuff together with people and people of all like, I don't like to say uh, talent, right? Because that's subjective. Like where it doesn't, it doesn't matter how talented you are, or how well you can render a hand or a car or a foot or whatever. The fact that you're here with us, making a thing with us, like that's what's important. And that's what I think um, people need too, is, is, is to be able to see, you know, all levels of, of talent and creativity all in the same space, all making wildly different things. And it's, and it's all okay. Like it's all, it's all just goofy dumb drawings that we're doing and I think that that's uh, something that should be like again it, it wasn't there for me when I was coming up and if it had been you know I can't imagine the connections and friendships that I would have made um, so it's something that I try to provide for for people locally for local artists and stuff to just to just meet each other and and be in the same room and and have this energy and vibe off of each other you know that, that you wouldn't normally get when you're making stuff Justin, I have been in the room. I'm telling everyone who is in the listening area, like I have felt it. I have been there. I have witnessed it. It is amazing. The fact that you have been doing six bomb boards again for 10 years. Um, congratulations mm -hmm. on that. That is an amazing, like events don't last that long in this day and age. And the fact that you <laughs> have been doing this that long, um, that you've fostered this community where people can feel um, appreciation on whatever skill level they are at you've fostered that community for so many people. And I love the fact that like, when the kids get up there and they are so excited to draw next to any artist, it doesn't matter who it is. That person could have put two splats of, of black ink on a paper and the kid below them are just beaming. That is so empowering to watch. 
I've seen this community grow from, you know, a handful of people to now it's like a thing. People plan their date nights around your events because they want to be a part of this electric community. And it's growing, right? Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's always growing and it's always changing. Like I said, we have rotating artists that, you know, some are there every time, some are not. Um, and it's just sort of, I can't tell you how many times people that just come into the, the tavern while we're doing it, they come up to me and they're like, what is this? And like, they had no idea that you could just sort of do that. Like, like making art in public places. Like they just, it was a foreign concept to them. I had one guy last night, we did a, a live art for, for the Joker and he came up and he was like, do I need to pay you like a cover or anything? <laughs> and I was like, no, man, we're just, <laughs> we're here and we're just, we're just drawing and painting for people. Like if you're into that sort of thing, you know, just hang out with us. And, you know, I've had people that it sort of, it kind of opened their eyes to what it takes to go from a blank piece of paper to something that's relatively finished and, and, you know, like a, a, a unique, genuine piece of art. There were people, you know, I've, I've encountered people that were like, I had no idea that, that, you know, so much went into that. I was like, yeah, man, you know, you, you, people have to, people spend time on making stuff. So it's sort of helping inform the rest of the public about like, you know, yes, I love to draw, but I can't, you know, and then this goes to some money stuff. Like I can't go to AT&T and pay my bill with a drawing of Batman. Like, yeah, I love to draw, but I don't. You know, I don't do it for free all the time. You know, it's just it's this thing that I do. And I've gotten to this point, you know, being able to go from blank sheet of paper to this finished piece. Like I've only been able to do that because I've been doing it for so long. And so, you know, there's there's an education that comes with that sort of it opens up these conversations where people can talk to creatives and kind of better understand our process and, and the stuff that we've had to go through to get to the point where we are. Like there's still a part, there's something that you said that I'm still stuck on. Like once I get unstuck, we'll get, we'll get to the next part. Sure, sure. You said um, that clients and people trust you. Like even when you didn't know like how you could take on a job or how you could get in, like that just really, it struck a nerve with me in the best way. Because there are so many times where like we feel that even though we know that we're talented or we have a talent or an affinity for something that we just don't feel ready or sometimes like worthy of taking on the job or you'll see something that like, wow, you know, they could have trusted this artist and this person, this person to do it and they trust me and you just don't feel like you're kind of, I guess, up to par. And I think it's so awesome when you have people that believe in you and that when you're able to kind of meet that personal goal of your own and overcome that goal. I think that's such a great point that you made. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, and it, and it leads to, to more discovery. Yeah. It does. And I think that's so awesome. Like I almost wrote a blog post similar to that, like three weeks ago. So I was like, wow, like he just, he came out of nowhere with that one. It was such a great point that you had. So I really, I just wanted to reiterate that and point it back out because I thought it was such a good point. It's become an MTG tradition. Each episode, we ask our special guest to whiz through our flash questionnaire. Check out these responses. Your go-to snack. Check mix. Nice. Your favorite invention. Uh, the internet. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> with the question mark. I like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Star Wars or Harry Potter? They're the same thing. Oh. But if I had to, if if I had to pick it, Star Wars, of course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this real quick. Like, uh-huh. like I've had that sort of. I've had that uh, that sort of disappointive dad vibe lately because my <laughs> wife has been reading Harry Potter books with our with our eight year old daughter 
and she's like over the moon for Harry Potter stuff. Right. So like when it's just me and the kiddo hanging out, I'm like, daddy's going to put in star Wars on the DVD player. And if you want to hang out, you totally can. And she'll be like, no, nah, I'm going to go outside. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going to go read Harry Potter. Bye dad. <laughs> or, I'm going to go, I'm going to go read Harry Potter while you're watching these dummies <laughs> fight with laser swords. <laughs> all right. Physical books or digital physical all day. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a tactile dude. Like, you know, and this, this applies to like illustration and stuff too. Um, if people like, do you like drawing digitally or do you like drawing on paper? And I'm like, well, I kind of like doing both. Like I love the feel of the paper. I love having a, a, a hard copy of a thing. Um, but then I, I don't mind, you know, punching it up a little bit digitally if I need to. Um, I'll read an ebook if like that's the only way I can get it. Um, but yeah, I like to have, I, I like to be able to, to sit with a book and, and, and smell it. Like if that's, that's too, too weird. I don't know. Um, but you know, having that tactile physical presence, you know, is, is important. It is not weird. And that's like one thing we've talked about in previous episodes that there's, you cannot, I don't care what kind of technology they come out with. They still have not been able to emulate the smell and the texture and the touch and like the sound of you flipping pages. They can't emulate that yet. So until then. Right. 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 Until we have our VR helmets, right. Where that are plugged into our nose and everything. If you could travel anywhere in time, where would you go and whom would you see? I would go to um, Malibu, California, 1976, 77, into Jack Kirby's studio to watch him create all of the stuff that he did for DC during that era, like the Demon and Commandy and uh, and stuff like that. Like like Jack Kirby is my dude. Like that is that is the the artist that I look up to the most. And and in reading about his life and 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 knowing the stuff that he went through and all the stuff that he did. Favorite room in your house? I it would be the studio. You know, I have um I because I, we we live in a split level home and the bottom level is is my studio and it's got you know it's wall to wall books and toys and movies and stuff. So I've never I never have an excuse to be like that. I just I, I'm uninspired. Like I don't believe that at all. Like that's that's garbage. That's a cop out. Like you can't you can't say you're uninspired or that the muse is is not speaking to you. It's like do something. Like you'll figure it out. <laughs> so I like to surround myself with yeah. I like to surround myself with all my with all my nerdity. So I'm never, you know, I, I never get bored. That's awesome. I know Danielle can relate to that. <laughs> I can see her that. She's like, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. But I agree with that. As creative people, you can't say, like, I would say first and foremost creatively, I'm a writer. I, there's inspiration everywhere. Like, there's literally always something to write about. So I 100% agree with that. That's awesome. And and I hate, like, I also, you know, uh, aside to that, like, I hate the romanti- romanticizing of the starving artist. Like, I don't think right. that's real. Like, if, like, if, yo, if you have to go get a job to pay your bills while you work on your creativity, more power. Like, that's what you got to go do then. Like, I, I, and so I hate it when people are like, oh, I'm just, you know, all my creativity comes from my pain and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, come on. We've, we've all been to art school. So like that doesn't work anymore. You can't, the artist <laughs> statement is, does not work after you're 22 years old. All right. And your last question, a gift you've recently received. Uh, socks. Um, I love, I love new socks. Like I love the feel of new socks. I like that. That was, I think the most practical answer we've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Makes me, makes me feel good. Makes me ready to tackle the day.
And I also want to thank you for taking um, such a positive spin on something that could have been kind of, you know, like a not so positive and very negative subject. You kept it very lighthearted and um, very positive, but you were very real as well. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a thing where it's like none, none of these feelings are better or worse than any of the other ones. They're, they just are. And they're just right. they're realities that we all have to deal with. So, you know, the better you can the better you can be equipped to deal with them and recognize them when they happen. Um, you know, the, the better will be. That was fun. But now let's chat about upcoming events that could benefit everyone. We've got Women in Tech Louisville coming up on December 4th in, of course, Louisville, Kentucky. Um, you can learn more about that at womenintechlouisville.com. Um, any word, Danielle? Is is there going to be podcast representation at this one? I do believe so. so. Hey! Um, you know, the one thing to add is the lineup is incredible. If you've not checked it out, definitely check out their website. They've got people from Google. They've got people from all over, not just locally, although there are some um, big name local people who are going to be speaking as well. But I mean, they've got people coming from Silicon Valley to speak right here in Kentucky, which is awesome for the local tech community. Um, and I was really impressed with the diversity of the people because in tech, we tend to see a lot of the same people speaking over and over. Um, they have gone out of their way to get women, to get people of color. Um, so definitely check them out. This is a huge event and I'm really excited that it's happening here. Um, I wanted to mention the Empower Her conference um, with Coach Colleen. Um, it's it's a conference that's near and dear to my heart. Coach Colleen um, actually was raised by a single mom and the things that she's super passionate about is empowering women in general, but she especially sees the struggle of single moms and she's really adamant about women standing up for themselves, women getting paid more, women learning how to be more assertive without coming off as another word that we all know people like to call assertive women. So um, her conference is called Empower Her. It's gonna be November 13th here in Lexington um, at Manchester Music Hall. So I'm gonna be attending the conference on um, a scholarship that she provided for single parents, which again, I wanted to go to the conference anyways, and she still has tickets for sale on the website, there's still a VIP option, a general admission option. There's gonna be breakfast, lunch, and afternoon ice cream served, so you know I'm in there. <laughs> and um, the focus of the conference is really just gonna be um, whether you're a woman entrepreneur, um, someone who has the goal of being an entrepreneur, or you're just working in a regular nine to five, but you wanna level up and be the best that you can in whatever you do. The goal of the conference is just to um, kind of elevate your leadership skills, to work on you know, salary negotiation, to work on honing in what you do best so that you can market and sell yourself and really get to where you wanna be in business and life and be the best version of you. So I'm really excited about it. On Friday, October 18th, I will be presenting at the Women in Business Expo and Conference at the Downtown Hilton in Lexington. The Women in Business Expo and Conference is a full-day conference for women to aspire to be entrepreneurs and business professionals, offering networking opportunities, business and marketing resources, and the chance to compete in the annual business pitch competition. This year, I will be speaking at the conference about branding beyond trend and would love to invite you to attend. For more information and to register online, simply visit wbckentucky.org. Already have tickets to the conference? Join us for the WBC Expo After Show, where we'll be recording a live podcast episode. I hope to see you there. Take this mind.
And just like that, the episode ends, but the combos have just begun. Thanks for listening to the MTG podcast. We would love your feedback on the quality content of our shows. Let us know how we're doing with a comment or message on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram by following MTG, the podcast. Continue to subscribe to future episodes via Apple Podcasts, Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. And check out our bonus episodes throughout the year. Until next time. We're not kidding. If you're coming to the seventh annual Women in Business Conference in Lexington, Kentucky, we would love to meet with you at our live bonus episode recording after the last conference session in the Triple Crown Room C. Be an audience member as we host a roundtable discussion with breakout speakers, exhibitors, and event director Phyllis Alcorn. See you soon.